than bubble. I'm, I'm with you guys on when you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing that you think of bursting. Put it on the poll at Lebitard Show. When you think of bubbles, isn't the first thing you think of bursting. Hey, you're listening to Burst Your Bubble. I'm Josh, and I've got Kyler here with me. We're here to bring you the sharpest sports takes. We have a full episode today where we dive into the NBA Finals. Maybe one game left, maybe. The Open Championship with my guy snagging another major championship. UFC has a ton of stuff going on, and then we close with a totem pole of NFL positions. Remember to stay plugged into our social media on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook at Burst Your Bubble. We're available everywhere everywhere you get your podcast, even on your Alexa devices. If you're bored at home, just say, Alexa, play Burst Your Bubble podcast. Then remember to rate, review, share it with your friends, share it with your family, share it with the lady at Starbucks, the guy at McDonald's, your friends, your neighbors, everyone you see, ask them about Burst Your Bubble. Everybody, thank you so much for listening. Continue to give us the feedback. Remember, enjoy the show, but no hard feelings, because more than likely, one of us will burst your bubble. Kyler, it feels great to be back on another episode. There has been so many sports happening over the weekend. So much has been going on in the sports world. What all did you get to consume this weekend? Uh, I consumed all of it, Josh. I didn't do a whole lot but consume all of it this weekend. I didn't think I was going to make it, though. Got a bit of a, a story to tell you. So on Friday night, I get home. Um, it's probably about 10 o'clock when I get home. Just get pick up some pizza from Domino's, you know, as I do. My parents are gone. Um, my mom keeps a wreath on the door, like all year round. She decorates different wreaths, keeps on keeps them on the front door. Well, Josh, a bird was chilling in it. And I uh, opened the door. I didn't see it. It didn't see me, of course. I opened the front door. And you, that's happened to me a couple times. And usually the bird, like, flies into me and then flies off. So it's no big deal. Mm-hmm. Bird flies into me, drop my pizza. Bird flies in the house. Wait, the bird is in your house? Yeah, the bird, not currently, but at that time, yeah, Josh, the bird came in here, right through the back, right through the door you're looking at right now. So how long did it take to get the bird out? Way longer than it should have, Josh, because here's the thing you may not know about me. Um, as much as I don't like water, I'm afraid of birds. Like all birds? Josh, that could have been a fucking eagle. But what if it was like a hummingbird? It, it didn't matter. It was a bird inside my house. My house is not a place for birds. So how did it, you get it out? Yeah, so here's the story. I, uh, so I, of course, I got a broom. I opened the, opened all the doors. Once I finally got it out of the bedroom, um, my, my cat definitely assisted with that. So shout out to Socks. Uh, Your cat so, is named Socks? Yeah, yeah. It's got, it's black with white feet, Socks. That's hilarious. Okay. Yeah. But, uh. So it's right behind me. I'm trying to shoot it out. I throw a slide at it. It's coming right at me, and I've got the broom. And I try and if I would have hit it with the end part, it would have been perfect. I would have hit. I would have literally swept it out the front door. I hit it with the pole. A full. So I mean, I'm afraid of birds, Josh. I took a full hack at it. How did you not hit anything? That's what I'm just thinking. That you broke a vase somewhere in this story. I definitely. Definitely did, but that cleaned it up before my parents got home. Anyways, bird falls, flies straight up into the ceiling fan. Don't, don't. Bird falls dead. No, the bird died? Josh, you can't come into my fucking house and expect to just... Oh, my God. What a sad... What kind of bird was it after, after, you, after it laid there? I mean, yeah. did you have to pick it up? The only good kind, Josh. So did you did you take the bird outside or did socks take care of it? No, yeah, I uh, I put it in the dustpan and I uh, disposed of it and I uh, I just I basically just threw it out the front door and I imagine the neighbor's cat swept it up in a few minutes. Oh my! Or it just or it wasn't dead. It was knocked out 100%. and it's planning its revenge. Its revenge. Hopefully not. But I mean, it very well could have <laughs> just knocked it out. I mean, that probably happened. They have pretty strong heads. So, Kyler, what day was this? Friday night. Oh, Kyler, you're. Thursday morning, you can't walk outside. He's going to come back with about 30 of his bird friends, and the flock is going to get you. Uh, I don't know, Josh. I, I Hopefully it's dead. Hopefully. No, I, I, can't, I can't say that. I can't say that. I sure Color. can. The bird died? That is nuts. What a story. It was, I mean, Josh, it was the most stressful 40 minutes of my life. 40 minutes? It took you 40 minutes to get this bird out of your house? Or for you to... The bird to kill itself, the suicide mission. So, I mean, that's the thing. It, first, like, it flew back into the back bedroom, and I was like, God damn, like, I'm not going to go into the back bedroom and, like, 
trap myself in the back with a bird. That's not going to happen. Because it might get you. Of course, Josh. I, I mean, so I kind of just let my cat, I, I heard them in there battling and I was kind of just stationary in the in the kitchen in here. And yeah, I shut out the socks. It got them in here and I went there and shut all the doors and then me and the bird battled. And you came out on top. Keller, that, that is, so is, wait, is this the first, is this not the first time this has happened? No, but I'm one to know. Okay. Okay, good. Well, that, that is good. That's the place to be. You'd rather be one to know than zero and one. That's exactly right. And Josh, so you alluded to it. Uh, the open. Your guy. The Josh, open. You nailed it. Just speaking of being one to know, I mean, uh, this is your first win ever. I mean, you're, of course, not the O. You're probably like one in like 30 now in your predictions. But you nailed it. Colin Morikawa won the open, ran away with it on Sunday. Well, Kyler, I'm definitely more than one because this is not the first time I've picked Colin Morikawa to win a major championship, and uh, it paid off for me. But here's the thing, Josh. This is the first time I didn't pick Jordan Spieth. That is that is correct. That is correct. I I had one in three. I also picked John Rahm. So yeah. and I and I had DJ who I think finished eighth. So man, I should have put some money on a on a nice parlay there. And uh, we saw Brooks too. Brooks made a. Uh made a run on Sunday shot I think a 64 65 on Sunday made another top five finish I think it's uh probably his seventh or eighth top five finish for him in the past two years or the past uh three or four years uh Louie I mean played phenomenal again but just came up short on Sunday again uh, if you're it's a just, Louie fan this if you have to expect it at this point all-time pain was when he hit the tee whenever he hit the pin how does that ball not go in that is just the all-time pain for Louis. It's just the the story of his career. He's all, he's always almost been there, and you can say the same thing about John Rahm. You know, they're always just they're always in the mix on Sunday, and somehow they just you know find a way to to not get it done. But although we've seen John Rahm get it done recently, uh, you know this is a tough one for Louis. Tough one for Louis. Have you seen the story about uh, John Rahm's leg or like his foot? No. He has so his left foot is a club foot. Or maybe it's his right foot. It's one of his feet. And so like he can't that's why he has such a short swing, because like he can't really put all his weight on one of his feet for his balance. Really? Yeah, it's like he only has like two two toes on one of his feet. It's crazy. Not gonna tell No, he was born and his foot was basically upside down. And like the first three months of his life as a baby, they would like as soon as he was born, they put his, they broke all of his, all the bones in his ankle to like reform his foot and put in a cast. I love, so I'm, I just pulled up an article while you're talking about that. And I love his attitude in it though. He's like, look, I'm tired of people trying to use my foot or my hips as an excuse for, you know, a swing or something happened. No, it's, it's me. I take responsibility and I'm going to critique my own shot and I'm, you know, I'm going to be the best. So that's, that's a pretty BA attitude to have, you know, born with a club foot. Yeah. That's how you get to be number one in the world. I mean, uh, a guy that we're going to, we'll talk about here in a little bit, Corey Sanhagen. I mean, he has the he has the mindset, you know, great people aren't they aren't born great. They're they're made great. They they become great over time with a mindset, and that's ex- exactly what John Rahm is exemplifying. Well, it's like that. It's like the Griffin, you know, one of the twins brothers for the Seahawks, you know, playing with you know one and a half arms. You know that that's incredible making it to the NFL at four. You and I were blessed with uh, all four appendages, and we didn't make it to the NFL. So you got to be pretty special to do that. I never played a down of football. I played it down. Obviously, the small school that we went to never had football. But when I was in sixth grade for half a year, I went to Ashdown, Arkansas, and I played uh, as a linebacker and as an offensive lineman, Ooh. weighing in at like 120 in sixth grade. Nice offensive lineman. I mean, that's exactly where I picture you at. Uh, but I mean, not anymore. Right. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Not anymore. Now I'm, you know, now I'm more like a running back or a wide receiver, ready to, you know, run yeah. some routes. A corner, just a shifty corner. Well, give me some drag routes. Yeah, some slants. Uh, <laughs> Colin ran away with it, though. Jordan made a late run, but just, it just never was enough. It, it always seemed like Colin could have made a birdie, could have, I mean, put one close anytime he needed to, to just stretch the lead even more. Collar, uh, this is impressive. He, Colin uh, has debuted in both of his major tournaments and won both of them. Uh, the U.S. Open and the one from last year. The only other person to do that, obviously, the GOAT, Tiger Woods. So, the question has to be posed, Kyler. Is Colin Morikawa the next Tiger Woods? Well, I mean, there was a that question definitely needs to be asked. But uh, I did see a, a funny graphic. It was like a 
through uh, how many wins these PGA Tour players had by the time they were 25. It's like Tiger Woods had 24, and uh, Colin Morikawa was at five now. That is nuts. Well, you know, it's a it's a different it's a different it's a different game. You know. Yeah, yeah. It's like the Shohei yeah. and Babe Ruth. You know, it's just it's just it's just a different different landscape, different players on the tour. You know, it's you got Bryson out there hitting a mile. Anyway, Can, oh, Bryson? Bryson, I and and I'm I don't remember if we talked about this on the last pod or not, but one of my favorite things that happened in the in this tournament was the first day Bryson goes out in his interview. Well, you know, I just I hate my driver right now. It doesn't work. You know, it's not going. If I could hit my driver, I'd be okay. Yada yada yada. Just just griping about how he can't drive the ball accurately, and if he could put it in the halfway in the fairway, he'd be okay. But he crushes the ball, and you know, he just was obviously frustrated with this game. Was not playing well, mm-hmm. and not even you know, no time later, Brooks is in an interview, and they're like, "Well, you know, I feel well. I hit my driver really well. It's probably the best part of my game. I, I don't know if I've driven this well in a while." I just love everything about that. That those two just—it's not even those two. It's just Brooks. How Brooks just keeps chirping and keeps the the rivalry alive. Did you see that? Uh, did you see Cobra's response to Bryson? I did not. Oh, it was hilarious. Let me find it. Was this during the tour? Yeah, this was during the tournament. They responded to him saying the driver sucks. No. Quote, it's really painful when he says something that stupid. <laughs> so that's from a Cobra rep. Uh, so, of course, Bryson posted a, a heartfelt apology to Instagram right after that. That's just hilarious to have to apologize on Instagram mid-tournament about something you said in the press conference about one of your sponsors. That's an all-time look by Bryson. Uh, I mean, he's just a nerd. I'm tired of it. Um, do we talk NBA? No, let's talk about this first. John Cena. John Cena is back. He's no. the greatest of all time. No. Now, Josh, I heard rumors he was returning. His music hits. The high five he gives the cameraman it might have broke his hand. I, Josh, it gives me chills thinking about it. The he, few, said, he said, I missed you, I missed you, I missed all of you. Gives a few sentences before he runs to the ring. Goat shit. Josh, and here's, when I, here's why he's the goat. He's the greatest talking WWE star of all time. He's the what? The greatest talking star of all. He's the greatest on the mic. No. Now, there's better. Now, you're going to give me people who have better one-liners? Sure. Their one-liners produce a bigger pop than Cena's one-liners. They can't get on the mic for seven minutes and keep the audience there. John Cena does did that for a decade, and now he's back, looking to do it for a little bit longer. No telling how. Long we're talking about if we're talking about the best on the mic. John Cena is definitely up there. But if I'm thinking of people who can just take a crowd for seven minutes for a really long time throughout the entire career, I'm probably going to The Rock. Josh, and I'm going to tell you, he has one line. Can you smell? He goes to it. No, Kyler, you're you're so mistaken. There were so many. That's, that just shows how yeah, there's such has, a little there's such a little like age gap lines. between us. But in things like this, it's monumental because it's towards the end of The Rock and the beginning of Cena. I was there for that. I saw The Rock and I saw him doing his thing. And and you know, but that's then just, the when Rock Cena got incredible. here, when Cena got here though, gimmicks no longer worked with the audience. The the audience no longer. I mean, did the hell yeah. I mean, the, the, it was no longer, the, the audience was gone. The audience grew up and stopped watching. And there was a new kid audience that that needed a real a real story, a real star. And when you saw when Rock came back, he had to adjust to that. Yeah, but I mean, at the time on the mic, doing what he needed to do, the Rock Cena was carried. better was better at the time than Cena was to his crowd. When they fought though? Cena carried that. Oh my gosh. You're just not gonna be able to convince me that John Cena is the goat because it's the goat is Stone Cold Steve Austin. Well, John Cena's the goat. That, that inspired an entire generation of beer drinking, screw the boss, I'm gonna do my own thing, Austin 316, give me a hell yeah. Then that how, is it, Caller. Stone Cold many, Steve Austin is the man. How many people do you think John Cena has has uh convinced to never give up? All of them. No, no, no one, no one before last night remembered never give up. It was, you can't, you can't uh, see me. So, if uh, if any time John Cena was mentioned, that was a kid going, you can't see me, the five knuckle shuffle. Five knuckle shuffle, five knuckle shuffle. And Josh, we are five, Say that five times fast away from SummerSlam. He alluded to it tonight. Josh, that's a funny thing I texted you earlier. Imagine how many people watched Raw tonight, knowing John Cena was going to kick it off. 
knowing the only other sport on was baseball, the the Mets and somebody else or the Cubs and Nationals or whoever it was on ESPN, nobody's going to watch that. Just there were probably 100 million people watching Raw tonight. Oh, easily. And I mean, in all reality, this for this, what John Cena is doing right now is probably exactly what the WWE needed. They needed a star back. You know, there are plenty of people that are doing things and making things happen, but having John Cena come back, especially getting fans back in the arena, doing this, it's a huge, huge thing for the WWE to land. One of the biggest superstars they've ever had back into the building. So, I mean, it's huge for them. It's exactly what they needed to get things rejuvenated. I did not watch Raw tonight, but I know there are tons of people who did. I watched the first 15 minutes. I watched Cena come out and talk to the crowd. And uh, it's really impressive because he has 27 movies coming out next week, too. Well, you know, that's what happens. He's not uh, he's not sitting at home watching the NBA playoffs while his movie's coming out. He's actually out in the ring doing his thing. Yeah, it's uh, pretty impressive what he's doing. It's going to be pretty impressive if he sticks, sticks around. Uh, SummerSlam is How that's a and that's another big thing too uh you know talking about wrestling we've got a really good or i mean he's a good friend of mine and we, we're gonna get him on the show soon uh his name is rush freeman just had his debut in the nwa uh he was uh, wrestling you know a little amateur stuff in uh tennessee for a while and then he just got on with the nwa the longest wrestling pipeline in the history of you know wrestling sports and uh so that's that's big time for for Rush and the things that he's got going over there. I can't wait to, to get him in. He even got posted on the NWA's Instagram. Some of the NWA NWA's most promising prospects collide. It was a three-way match. Love to see that. Love to see that. Can't wait to have him on. Uh, John Cena is going for number 17 at SummerSlam, though, going for world title number 17. That would shatter all records, break Ric Flair's record. So, And I think he would go down as the greatest of all time. But we can go ahead and move on from there. Uh, Josh, the USA in the Gold Cup. Do you watch it? USA versus Canada? I watched the second half. I didn't get to watch it all. Well, that was a boring second half, wasn't it? It was. But the USA, you know, is is great. Hey, USA looks like the best team in, in the tournament. Hey, and, uh, PFT summed it up great. The tournaments that don't matter, uh, the USA is just dominant in them. We, that's we, a, yeah, that's a great, that's a great way to put up, it. We gear up for the CONCACAF Gold Cup. Well, yeah, let's not even play in the World Cup. We don't need that. Give us – just put us in the double A's or the triple A's, and we'll just win that every year. We're like the OKC Blue, you know, if they were to win every year. I don't know that they do because nobody watches the G League. But if they did win every year, then, yeah, that's exactly who we are. Say we're the Blues. They went, they've, Josh, they've won 37 straight titles, and there's no way you can even check that. They don't even keep record. <laughs> oh, there's one guy that does somewhere out there. He's probably in Muncie, Indiana. It's just their Instagram. You just got to scroll through their Instagram to see who their last champion was. Yeah, but, you know, the U.S. and, you know, sports that matter or tournaments that matter, like, you know, basketball, that's completely different. Basketball, Josh. You want to talk about some basketball? We can talk about some basketball. So, game four, uh, it was obvious that Chris Paul's hand was hurt. I mean, from the jump, he couldn't – he wasn't dribbling with one of his hands. So, Giannis and Chris Middleton take that one. Game five on Saturday night, I predicted the Suns would take this at home. All the all the home teams had won all the games that uh, that to that point. Giannis was huge up uh, the first three quarters. He couldn't he couldn't miss. Chris Middleton, I don't think he's missed a clutch step back jumper. I mean this series. I mean probably since. I mean uh, since game two. Yeah, that's true. Probably game two. But uh, the Bucks, Josh. Do you th- I mean games game six on Tuesday night when you're listening to this? So what do you what are you predicting? Uh, I'm going to predict we're going to game seven. I think, I think the Suns get one if, but I mean, if we're sitting here tomorrow night and we're crowning the Bucks as NBA champions, am I going to be surprised? No, not really. But we've seen three game. Three was a good Chris Middleton game. Game four was a really good Chris Middleton game. And game five was another really good Chris Middleton game. And Drew Holiday has stepped up in all three of those games as well. So we're dealing with two guys who I've said from the beginning of the series that are streaky. And if they play well, I said it uh, like three episodes ago, if if Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday are playing well, this is one of the best teams in, in basketball. This is the best team that's playing in the finals. I think if those two are playing well, it's a better team than the Suns. But that's the problem is you never know 
consistently what you're going to get day in and day out. Obviously, you know, Bucks fans will probably torch me for saying that right now because they're on a three-game win streak, but that doesn't deny the fact that the first two games, those two guys were were just not themselves, not playing like, you know, they could be. So whenever you see Chris Middleton being the Robin and Drew Holiday being the defensive stud that you that he can be, this team is not going to lose. Sure, I agree with you there. And how crazy is it going to be, Josh? Game six, Scott Foster's the referee. Chris Paul fouls out with like six minutes left. The Suns lose. The Bucks win four straight. The Suns lose four straight after going up 2-0. It's, I mean, Chris Paul, whoo-wee, that's going to be. So, and I, and I saw something about this too, and I, I tend to agree with it. You know, there's a lot of talk going against Chris Paul's legacy, you know, blowing a 2-0 lead in the finals because he's never won a ship. But let's also not forget that he's, you know, was a huge leader in a, huge cog in the wheel and getting this team to the NBA finals. It hadn't been there in a very long time. Was it 36 years, 26 yeah. years, something like that. So, I mean, this team had not seen success and it wasn't, they weren't like the bucks making it to the Eastern conference finals two or three years in a row, knocking on the door. This is a team that a year ago couldn't even make it to the playoffs in the bubble. So, you know, it's a phenomenal feeding and it's a, it shouldn't be a knock on Chris Paul. It should, you know, it should just, cement the fact that you know he cared, he got this team to where they did obviously it hurts not to win and it's going to sting for a while but I, that shouldn't be the the focal point of Chris Paul here and the season and the series isn't over yet so we'll see it's crazy that he's hurt god that's crazy yeah i mean you know now all of a sudden people want to talk about Chris Paul being hurt, but you know, there was no talks of that whenever he was dropping 36 points in game one or two or whatever it was. And, head in like game three, he like smashed it. Of, of course, because that's when they started losing well, he couldn't, and he, he couldn't, wasn't he playing. He couldn't well. dribble with it in game three. He was only dribbling with one hand. Well, he did that against the Lakers too. And I've seen him drop 40 points since then. So I don't know. Uh, it's just hard. We saw Giannis's leg was bent backwards the series before this. That's a, that's a fair point, but that's also uh, some evidence to my, my theory that Giannis is a Greek lab test subject. I think he was made in the lab. I so he's not he, even a real person. No, I think I think he was made in the lab, and I think like the story of him, like you know how he was homeless in Greece, and like he was you're finding these random gyms to play in. I think all that's true, but I think they put him in those environments to make him tough. I think he was being monitored the whole time. So they they made him in the lab and then dumped him homeless and playing basketball exactly oh you might be onto something here that's a uh we need to do some digging into this yeah we might get we might get canceled for this josh this is gonna be the last episode of burst your bubble they're about to burst our bubble Keller, i saw one of your tweets and it was one of the greatest things that i've ever read someone had tweeted that if shaquille o'neal if twitter was around during shaquille yeah. o'neal's days then the world would have they would have killed him and you said Pretty much, yeah, couldn't make a free throw. Orlando Shaq would have gotten annihilated. And that's exactly what would have happened because so many people just hammer Giannis for not being able to make his free throws. I've never seen more disrespect to one of the best players in the world than to Giannis Antetokounmpo. How about the guy in the front row counting the hundreds? One, two, three. I was like, oh, that's incredible. That's a ball. And they kept going back to him. That's what blew my mind. Like, this guy's getting all the airtime. He's about to get mugged tonight. I love it though. Uh, yeah, and imagine Shaq back in the day on Twitter. I mean, he would have been a menace on Twitter. Oh yeah, he wouldn't have cared about anything. There's a reason he doesn't have a Twitter today. He'd be. I mean, he does, but he doesn't really post on it. He'd be a menace. He would be an absolute menace if he knew how to. So, Kyler, uh, what are you predicting for Game Six? Yeah, Bucks and Six, Josh. I'm completely changing my tune. I'm off the Suns. I'm off Devin Booker. You're unless, wait, you're off Devin Booker? Devin he, Booker's been playing good. Unless he hits a game winner in game six. I've got the Bucks in six. So Giannis and Chris Middleton are the only two players left from the 13-14 Milwaukee Bucks roster. And now they are knocking on the door of winning an NBA championship, Kyler. This has Steph Curry and Clay Thompson written all over it. That, that's a great call. Uh this team. Josh, if they sign, imagine if they sign Bud to like a four-year extension. I, I think you, I think they will. They'll add, they'll add four years on him. Yeah, they'll give him four years. And could you imagine Bud with Giannis, Chris Middleton, and then bringing in? I mean, obviously they overpaid 
I say they overpaid. They didn't overpay because they're knocking on the door of an NBA championship for Drew Holiday. Do they have a team that's going to compete for the next three years for an NBA championship? But imagine them next year in the first round getting bounced and outcoached by an Eric Spolster Heat team that's not as good with like Carl Anthony Towns and Jimmy Butler and Bam Adebayo. And it's a definite possibility because we've, I mean, that's the thing about this team. We've seen it. We've seen it year after year, you know, where these things happen. So it's, it will be, if they win this NBA championship, will it be a convincing win for you if this Bucks team sticks together moving forward? I'm never convinced in, in Drew Holiday and Chris Middleton and especially Giannis until he can uh, get that jump shot under control. I like the team, but they're, their foundation's just too too shaky for me. They're gonna need, especially. I mean, Brooke Lopez is their third best player, right? Fourth best player. Fourth best. Well, when you have a guy like Giannis, you know, being able to give wise words to your team every night and every day, and giving him all the giving them all the the ammo that they need in their in their mental game. I mean, that's a step up. Who even needs the coach when you've got Giannis imparting wisdom? That's a, that's a great call. Just make Giannis a player coach. He could be the first ever player coach to win a championship. I'm here for it. I am here for it. But I do see the similarities between uh, this team and the Golden State Warriors before the Kevin Durant signing when they were, you know, really good. Obviously, they're not going out winning 73 games, and it's a, a different style of basketball. But, you know, I, I see it. This is a team that was – those two guys have been built here in Milwaukee, and they've stuck it out, and they've, you know, paid their dues, and it's time to go get yourself a championship. I think they will. Uh, did you watch UFC on Saturday? I did not watch any UFC. So uh, Islam, Islam Makachev, uh, the little, uh, I don't think he's a little, I don't think he's related to Habib, but Habib is in his corner uh, at all times. Habib is his protege, is his uh, coach, I guess you could say now. Uh, Habib's father was his coach, uh, and of course he passed away. Habib has assumed that position, and he is definitely the real deal. I mean, he, he dismantled Tiago Moises. A couple months ago, he dismantled Drew Dober. He has the exact same style as Habib. He is uh, he wins by Dagestani smash. He just fucking smashes you until he either gets a choke or the ref stops the fight or you're unconscious. Uh, he's definitely the real deal. I, I'm excited to see what he can do in the lightweight division. I think he could really. I think he could, he could give Dustin Poirier a run for his money tonight. Oh, so this is this kid is is for real. His, uh, it's it's Habib 2.0. 20 and one submission in the fourth round. He's Habib. Oh, this is the guy that I I saw the highlight of this fight. Yeah, he's Habib with better striking. Um, and well, that's goes, terrifying. And he goes for submissions more. He goes for the finish a lot more. But in this fight, he was he was pretty timid. He was he was scared almost in the first couple of rounds. He was because he he has been knocked out before in the UFC. He got he got caught and he got put out in his in the second fight in the UFC. And uh, he's since then he's won eight in a row. Jeez. Oh, I mean, yeah. It's I'm seeing right here where it's talking about you know Habib sacrificing to see him win. Habib's you know doing everything he can to to stick it around. This guy has some interesting uh, videos, but I'm telling you, Kyle, this kid is terrifying. I'm watching. I'm watching some of these videos right now. He's feeding a horse. In one video, he's just beating the hell out of somebody else. This oh yeah. Guy, if you get those guys on Facebook, I mean uh, Habib. Islam Makachev, uh, follow them on Facebook and really watch their videos. That's all I use Facebook for anymore is that Facebook watch. I mean, the algorithm that they figured out over there is outstanding. I spent hours on that app just sitting there watching the, all of the videos I like. And uh, they're great on there. They, they pop up a lot on my feed. Habib's videos, him in D.C., they're hilarious. So it looks like Dana White wants Islam versus Benil Dariush. That's a banger. And Makachev said he's a big step for me. That's the thing about these guys, man. Like Habib, and obviously he's passing it on to to Makachev here. Humble, you know they they are humble with it. Man, Habib is actually coaching uh, a couple different guys, and Habib is at, in the running for sure for coach of the year. So so far this year, he's five and zero as a coach. Uh, none of his guys have lost. He's been in five times. He's been in the winning corner of a guy. So Habib in the running for coach of the year this week. Josh, this is a fight you're going to want to watch. It's free. It's on UFC fight. Or, uh, it's gonna be a fight pass fight. Corey Sanhagen versus TJ Dillashaw. Whoo, baby! I'm ready for this one. Okay, can tell me about it. Convince me a little bit. So Corey Sanhagen in his last fight put out Frankie Edgar in about 12 seconds with a flying knee. It was probably the most nasty thing you've ever seen in your life. Corey Sanhagen is an absolute animal. Uh, if you listen to his last episode on Rogan, his last interview, 
he talks about all about like the art of war and how he develops that mindset going into the cage. It's a really, really interesting interview. And of course, you know, TJ Dillashaw, the former two-time bantamweight champion of the world, uh, of course, been away from the sport for a couple of years now because of a suspension. And then he just kind of stepped away from fighting. Uh, last time we saw him, I think, is when he lost to Cejudo. Uh, I believe is that is when his last fight was. This is going to be a banger. And the winner of this is going to face the winner of Aljo and Peter Yan, the rematch. For the so, so he's the one that was – he had to step away because of the PED stuff. Exactly, yeah. So, I mean, we've seen this – I mean, obviously not with PDs as much, but we see this with guys all the time in the UFC when they have to step away for, you know, a, an extended period of time. We see it, you know, most notably recently with Conor McGregor. You know, how is it coming back after so many years getting in that into the fight? You know, I, he's come out, I'm going to be an effing animal. You know, I'm going to destroy this kid. You know, I mean, saying all the right things that, that, you know, that you should be saying, I guess. But what's what has to be the mindset going into that kind of thing? Well, I mean, it's whatever mindset gets you get you into that into the mindset you need to be to, to go out there and kill that guy. To, I mean, not not not, you know, uh, literally but you know metaphorically in your mind you, you need to have that mindset you need to have the gladiator art of war mindset that you if push up comes a shove hey I, I might need to go ahead and just end this guy real quick you, we saw it with dustin poirier uh said that about connor he said you know he's talking like this to try to amp himself up he's trying to talk himself in, into still believing he's that guy and i think we're seeing the same thing with tj dillashaw i'm not saying he's still not that guy i'm not saying he can't go out there and win the bantamweight title again but I think what we're what we're seeing from him is him trying to convince himself that he's still that guy. Well, hopefully he can, you know, take away, not not focus on himself so much and, and take it on what's what he has at hand, take on the fight and, and get himself back into the ring. I, I always worry about guys after such long layoffs. So hopefully he can make it happen. Corey Sanhagen is a bad man with jamma Josh. You need to watch his highlights, you need to watch his interview on Rogan. You'll be fired up for this fight on Saturday night. I will do that. I will and it's a free fight. I'm gonna watch it. Let's do it. So, uh, Josh, before. Oh, actually, Kyler, I'm not going to lie to you, man. I'm not going to be able to watch this fight. Let me tell you why. Uh, so, Friday evening, uh, afternoon, I'm headed out, man. I'm I'm leaving. I'm leaving the state. Where are you going? I, I'm going to Utah. What's in Utah? The Mighty Five National Park. So, we're hitting the Arches, Canyonlands, Capitol Reef, Bryce Canyon and Zion National Park. We're doing five national parks in four days. Uh, so it's going to be quite a bit of driving. We're going to do quite a bit of hiking. Uh, Kyler, whenever you get off this, whenever we get off this uh, episode, go, I'll send you some videos. You need to look up Angels Landing and the Narrows in Zion National Park. Is it like snowy? No, 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 no. It's uh, it's summertime there. It's it's going to be hot, but they are awesome. They're bucket list worthy hikes. And check out the Bonneville Salt Flats. You will never see another place on it in the world. No, nope, I doubt I will. Uh, that's just five state parks in four days. That's so much driving. Uh, it is going to be some driving. So whenever we land and so we're flying to Salt Lake City, as soon as we get into Salt Lake City, we've got an hour and a half over to the Salt Flats. And then we've got two and a half hours over to uh, Moab, where the arches are. We're going to stay the night in Moab, get up early Saturday, go hiking in the arches for like half a day, three quarters of a day, drive over to the Canyonlands and do some hiking over at the Canyonlands. We've got a campsite over there that night. And then we'll get up early that next morning and we'll drive down to Capitol Reef, go hiking half a day at Capitol Reef, and then drive... So that's a two and a half hour drive. Then we'll drive an hour and a half down to Bryce Canyon uh, and do hike. And then we'll hike there for the rest of that evening. And then we'll stay in Bryce. We'll stay around Bryce Canyon to get up early that morning, hike Bryce Canyon that morning. And then we'll drive down to Zion National Park, do a little bit that evening, probably relax a little bit, and then wake up the next two days and go hiking Angels Landing and then the Narrows bottom to top. Uh, it's going to be uh, an exhausting trip. Christ. I'm exhausted hearing about it, Josh. Uh, so you're leaving on Friday. Yep. Getting back. Getting when? back. We'll get back Wednesday. Josh, are you ever not on vacation? <laughs> uh, quite often. I, I work quite a bit. Okay. I, I didn't know. 
Um, I work while I'm on vacation as well. Oh, okay, yeah, you just ride it off. That's, that's a smart move, smart man right here. Uh, Josh, before we get into an all-time totem pole, give the listeners an ad. So, guys, remember to follow us on all of our social media platforms. We're everywhere on social media. We are on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, not on LinkedIn, but we're pretty much everywhere else. YouTube, uh, you can find us everywhere you get your podcast. On Twitter, it's at SportsBYBP. Follow Kyler at Kyler012. And I'm at JKeaton022. Be sure to follow. That's where we put all of our great stuff on Twitter, funny stuff. We live tweet during the fights, the soccer games, football games, basketball games, every, everything that's going on. We're always tweeting about it. Uh, go follow at Blue Wire Pods and Blue Wire Hustle. It's a great family that's uh, over there. Pods is. Uh, Blue Wire Hustle is a network of up-and-coming podcasts that are striving to be a part of the Blue Wire Podcast Network. Blue Wire Podcasts have so many great people in there. Chris Long, Haley Shaughnessy, uh, great team over there with Kevin Jones, Megan Reyes, Ty Windesh. They all do great things. Uh, it's a huge partnership with the Wing Casino in Las Vegas. Great partnership with Coors Light. The mountains have never been colder. Great big things happening with them. Go follow at Unwrapped Sports. It's our family that does wonderful live streams. You can check out for the love of the game, Gen C Sport, Gen Z Sports, uh, Backstop Banner, and a lot of other things. They, they live stream about everything. I think they're getting ready to break down some uh, NFL divisions. Should be a lot of fun. Check that out. Last but not least, go follow on Twitter at FantasyBYB. That is Shane, our fantasy football expert. He can help you with all of the everything fantasy football related, value, ADP, auction, dynasty, all of those things. And then go find us on TikTok, Burst Your Bubble Pod. We're putting up uh, some good videos up there. Put out a PSA today about how coaches lie. Just go check us out on social media because if you follow us on social, your friends will follow us on uh, follow us on social, and that's how we uh, expand our network, and that's how more people hear the great things that we have to say like listening to Kyler say that the Bucks are going to win the NBA championship in six games. So with that, let's get back to the episode. Let's do just that, Josh. And you posed this totem pole to me, and it's funny because I already had this note written down. I want college football to come back so bad. I'm so ready for football to come back. I'm looking forward to this football season more than any other football season I can remember. And I'm, I'm curious, am I the only one? And what's the reason? You're definitely not the only one, Keller. I feel like it has been a very long time since we have ha- since we've watched football, and it's probably because we went a year without the gap in between the NFL and the NBA because we had NBA basically on our face at the bubble until it was time for NFL to come. And our we've you know sports I can't say sports have died down, but NBA's died down quite a bit. Some of the things have have slowed down. So, Keller, we've we went so long without it. We need it back in our lives. I'm so ready for it, Josh. I, I'm. I think it's seven weeks, six weeks until uh, until the first. I think week it's of, seven. Seven Sundays. Seven Sundays until NFL. So what until college football? Five or six? Six, I think. Let's fucking go. I'm so ready for it. So what's the totem pole today? So I let's do a totem pole on NFL positions. So positions that you would and would not want to play in the NFL. Okay, want to play. That's this. That narrows it down. That makes it more specific. I like that. Well, okay. So, I mean, yeah, it's things that – or I say play. Things that you would be involved with in the organization. Yeah, sure. Okay. Go ahead. So, I'll, I'll go first with my bottom. So, the very bottom of my totem pole is going to be – oh, let's go with a safety. Cool. God, I don't want to be a safety. See, I've got a counterpoint that I would love being a safety. Why don't you want to be a safety? I don't want to be a safety because I I just feel like that's not me. I'm not the guy that's going to be out in the back chasing guys down. That's not, that's not what I want to do. That's, it's not my attitude. All, all the only highlights that you would see of me being a safety is getting burnt by Tyreek Hill. I mean that it would just be on constant replay. Tyreek Hill and Deshaun Jackson are just burning me 17 out of 18 weeks. That is the risk you would run, um, but I, I think I could see myself being like a Tyron Matthew, a little honey badger back there, Josh. I'd be I'd be pretty good as a safety. I would if I did it. I have to be dirty. Like I'd have to trip them. Yeah. I'd get called for PIs all the time. I would I would do more damage to my team than I would do good. Not if you're good at it, you know what I mean, Josh. You got to be sly with that. So uh, yeah, Kyler, I get contacts, my depth perceptions all kind of screwed. Like I, I just, <laughs> I, I, it's not me. It's not me, Josh. The number one thing I don't understand is why do players so like they're. they're players' contacts will get knocked out during a game, right? They'll pick it up and just try and put it back in. 
It's like I would do that. That's not gonna work. Like, yeah, it, I mean, you then you see him crying and the get go to the sideline. Your vision's gonna be like that's not gonna work. They're not glasses. Like you can't just put them back on. Yeah, I mean, you could try. I yeah, mean, I I, I understand it. But, so, do you think these NFL players are bringing extra pairs of contacts to the games? They should. Yeah, the trainers should definitely be thinking about that. If that's not, we need to find out. We need to get an NFL trainer on the show and find out what they do for contacts. I, I have seen it before. I've seen them, especially recently, like take out you know the the extra contact. They'll peel it open. They'll pull out a new one. They didn't wash their hands. They've had the camera on them since the contacts fell out. He didn't <laughs> wash his still hands. Still sweating. <laughs> he just wiped it off his forehead. He's like, "Where's it at?" Well, it's not like, even his on, sweat man. anymore. It's the guy who threw him on the ground. He's bleeding. <laughs> what are you like? What's going on? Uh, bottom of my totem pole, center. This was, I mean, the easiest answer of all time. First of all, you get CTE. Second of all, you're just smashing into a dude the whole time. And then if you, it's be pretty easy to fuck up. And then you have no excuse because that's your only job. But that's, I mean, in theory, that's your only job, but you really have like seven jobs because you have to protect the quarterback. You have to know the scheme. You have to make sure the line knows the knows the call. Make sure they know the snap count. It's a whole chore being a center pass. It is a chore being a center. Uh, you have so many jobs, so many jobs. And you're right. You are just colliding with bodies all day long. CTE center right there. So is safety, to be fair. So uh, for me, I think the my next position, I'm going to kind of join you a little bit. I'm going to go with the right guard. Ooh. And Can I think that I don't want to be a right guard. <laughs> uh, maybe Marshall Gander. I think he's a guard. I don't think he's a tackle. Uh, I know a couple of them, but Cal, they're just you don't get a lot of highlights. Like no one really cares about you, but they all just everyone's going to just say you suck because all they don't care about the. 143 plays that you do well it's the four plays in the game where you get joe burrow smacked and he breaks his leg i mean that's what everyone remembers you're exactly right so but next on my totem pole and this is kind of the same thing and this is kind of i mean this is kind of a glorified position but in, in some instances but this is a personal preference defensive tackle <clears throat> same thing with the uh, center i mean just cte i just don't want it i'm not i don't want to just get in the car crash on every single possession oh see i don't know i man it's not going to crack my top i'll give you a you know a hint right there it won't crack my top but i could see i mean i'd be like an aaron donald aaron donald yeah i'd throw some people around get out the way with the knives out there junkyard you know get the freaking get the qb love that so do we do two at the bottom top of the totem pole all right very top of my totem pole collar i want to be the wide receiver Kyler, I have always wanted to be a wide receiver. Josh, you have bungled this totem pole. <laughs> Did you think I was going to pick quarterback? Why wouldn't you? Because I want to be the wide receiver. I want to be the guy that makes the other people look stupid and go and get the ball. Because without the wide receivers, these quarterbacks don't look as good. Okay, Josh, for the top of my totem pole, I'm the quarterback and I'm not throwing to you. Well, you better have a good arm because I'm going to make you look good. I've got. I'm throwing. I'm throwing to my tight end the whole game. No, no, no. Because I'm gonna be. I'm great, Kyler. I would. Man, wide receiver would be so much fun. I just feel like you gotta be. You know, the right amount of agile, and you gotta go up and get the ball. That's what I'm all about. I want to. I want to be the guy that burns the safeties. I don't want to be the safety getting burned by me. The wide receiver literally has what two responsibilities? Like know the play, run the play. Like that's it. Just just like know the play, run your route. That's it. That's literally it. Yeah, and I would do it phenomenally. So let me show that. That's a great pick. It would have been would have been my second pick, but to be the man on the field, to be to be, I mean, just imagine being TB twelve or Aaron Rodgers. The whole world is wondering who's going to play quarterback for the Green Bay Packers this year. You think they give two shits who the wide receivers are? Yes, absolutely, they do because that's what started this whole mess. Well, if Aaron you Rodgers gave me cares. three, if you gave three of me. And one of whoever the fuck is going to play quarterback will be just fine. Well, that's a bit, we're going to find out if here in a couple of weeks with the Green Bay Packers because they have Jordan Love at center or behind center. We're well, the problem is out. they don't have any receivers. <laughs> they need three. They need three Devontae Adams, and then it doesn't matter who they throw on the field. Look at Tennessee Titans when you're rolling out AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Derek Henry. I mean, it doesn't. You got Ryan Tannehill under center. He doesn't have to be great. 
He doesn't yeah. have to be TB12. He doesn't have to be Patrick Mahomes. You can go try out for him, Josh. It can be you, uh, Devontae Adams, and Alan Lazard. Well, see, I would, but the problem is, Kyler, I don't know if you remember this, but the last time I tried sprinting, I tore my hamstring. So I'm probably not going to be sprinting anytime soon to try out. But I would love to play wide receiver. Okay, second on my totem pole, uh, Kyler, you're probably going to laugh at me again. I want to be the kicker. Not mad at that. Because I want the pressure and I want all the highlights. I want to be the guy – we got there's four seconds left on the clock, down by two, putting all the faith in Joshua and Junkyard Dog going out, kicking a 68 yard bomb. Yeah, give me that, give me that responsibility 68. all day long. Jesus, or would you ever do an impromptu, just call your own fake field goal? Oh, just like, just that like would... get up to the line, just be like, hey, <laughs> hey, we're gonna do this. Like, hey, give them the signal, like break, and everybody's like, oh shit. <laughs> The thing is, I feel like I'm diplomatic enough and like savvy enough to talk to people into it. Like, could, all right, you, guys, you'd be talking to Vrabel on the sidelines. <laughs> Kick your ass. We could do no, no, no. I couldn't talk to him. He, there's no way in hell the coach would let me. It would have to be in the huddle begging the players. All right, guys, we're either down by 21 or we're up by six. I don't give a shit. Like, I want the responsibility of getting us the points that we need. Thank we're down you. one, down one in the biggest moment of the game to go to the playoffs. You're absolutely – no, down two? No, we'd have to be down one because when they wouldn't – they would obviously be going for two. So, yeah, yeah. down one, I kick it to tie. No, sir. We're mean machines. We're convicts. We always go for the win. Hey, let, let the let the placeholder – uh, pull the ball up, a little lateral to you. You throw a fade to the back of the end zone. Alan Lazard, uh, to, to Aaron Rodgers or Jordan Love, uh, that'd be electric. We're just running in myself. That's probably what I do. I pull an Adam Sandler dive at the pylon. Oh, there's you nothing. Oh. <laughs> you die. Oh, oh that's electric. That's electric. Um, Next up on mine, I'm going to have to go with the running back. Uh, so it's kind of the same thing with the uh, with the wide receiver. You don't have you don't need to know too many responsibilities. You don't need to you don't have too many responsibilities. But I mean, you do have to block a lot. And I, I don't think I'd like doing that. Yeah, I would not. I would not like to block. You're de- you would definitely not be a blocking running back. You would be more of like a uh, DeAndre Swift, you know, or like a yeah, Philip Lindsay. Oh. I like that. I'm like Philip Philip Lindsay. Super sure. super fast, catching the ball, you know, in and out kind of guy. Love that. Yeah, yeah, yeah I could see that. You're not you're not a Derek Kinder. You're like a Tariq Cohen. I like yeah. that. Philip Lindsay. Yeah, that's some see. Darren Sproles. Oh, I love that. Or, yeah, uh, see, there we go. I think that's a that? great pick. That's a solid pick. Obviously, running back, super fly. Kyler, you got the two top positions on the board, probably. And I've got the worst. I've got. I mean, center's a by far the worst position in football. Uh, so next top on mine, I would, I was hoping that you would pick something else other than running back. Cause I would love to be the running back, but, uh, go ahead and put me as a linebacker. Give me the linebacker spot. I'm picking off Jameis Winston. Every play I'm demolishing Patrick Mahomes. Whenever we run the LB blitz cover one color. Uh, I would love to be a linebacker. So why this is the reason I wouldn't like to be a linebacker and I would rather be a safety. The linebacker is the coach on the field. The linebacker has to know every single play, and he calls the uh, the plays for the defense unless, you know, the captain is the one of the linemen or something. But usually it's one of the linebackers who's making that making that call for the team, and that's just a little bit too much responsibility for me. Kyler, if you think that I'm not, you know, one out of every place calling an all-out blitz, no. it's just like with the with the kicker. You know, if I'm going to get that, that extra or that two-point conversion – I'm calling all that blitzes one out of eight times. All right, boys. Engine, uh, what is it? Uh, not engine eight. Engage, engage eight. eight. Yeah, we're running engage eight every other one out of eight plays for sure. That's funny. And we, I'm going to smash quarterbacks. I'm going to yeah. be, I'm going to be the the household name that just destroys people. You got a, you got Michael Thomas coming over on a slant, dead. So that goes right to my last pick on my totem pole and Josh I'm going to copy you a little bit this is this was I, I did plan on picking this and that's the punter I would absolutely thrive in the punting position and if you don't think I would go for some fake punts 
you got me messed up, Josh. I'm calling my own, I'm in the huddle. I'm like, listen, guys, it's either we win or I lose. You got to trust me. You got to trust your guy here. Yeah, I'm, I'll take the blame. I'll get on Sports Center. I'll tell him it was all me. Y'all didn't even know what I was doing. I will say that's a that's a very low danger position that you've got. You don't have to worry about CTE too much. You're you're pretty set on uh, on just having your job and learning that. Because it's kept that one time that a fucking Tariq Cohen catches it on the punt return and takes it right past the defense. It's like God damn, I got to go chase this guy. He just stiff arms you into the, the next dimension. Or it could be like McCole Hardman and you could just look like, you know, the greatest punter in the world. You could just turn into like a Pat McAfee and just try to run people over. Exactly. I would parlay that into an into a stellar media career, just like Pat McAfee's done. Oh, God. <laughs> oh, this totem pole literally has me crying. Oh. Oh, I'm That's laughing so hard. Yeah, I mean, Josh, I think that I, I don't think kickers are doing enough to convince their team to run fake kicks. They work what? <laughs> It has to be high 20% of the time. You think it's – I mean, you're pro- it's probably more like 8%. Yeah, well, you got to think how many have been run. Not a lot. How many have been run successfully? A few. So I, I, I bet it's up there. Yeah, I mean, it might be. I, I tend to think that it's just kind of lower just because of uh, – it might be. You're right. A yeah, lot of them don't sense. get run. <laughs> A lot, yeah, a lot of them don't get run, so you know maybe it's a little higher than I think. But I'm thinking eight to twelve percent is probably pretty That's high. Too. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh Josh, it's better better odds than an offensive kick. I mean, bro, if I that would be another specialty. I would just learn how to kick the onside kicks. Oh, Did you see Young Ho Co, Young Young Ho Ku's Jeep got stolen? Young what? His Jeep got stolen. You know, you know the, uh, the kickers, the uh, the kickers, the uh, the Falcons kicker. Oh yeah, I know who he is. I can't, I can't believe he got stolen. Did they find it? Did they arrested people. And he posted on Instagram or somewhere. He's like, "Motherfucker stole my Jeep." He's like, "Please just return my cleats. I'm trying to go kick." <laughs> I got practice, man. But that's about why practice. You, that's why you don't leave your keys in your car, people. That's a that's a PSA. Don't leave your keys in your car. Kyler, this was a, a phenomenal episode. I had a ton of fun. I'm still wiping tears from my eyes from the totem pole. Uh, you can check out our most of our clips on YouTube sometimes and, uh, and TikTok. So maybe you'll get a chance to check out this totem pole that we put out. I know that we'll do a, at least a short recap of it, and we'll see who you agree with more, myself or Kyler, on the positions you would rather play. Kyler, what a great episode, man. Action packed is the only way to describe this, ap- this episode. I enjoyed it so much. Later on this week, we will have an interview coming with either Dan Tom or Mikey P. We're going to talk some UFC. Next week, we're going to talk with Emma Hofton about some baseball. We've also got Fancy Football Friday starting back up with our fancy football expert, Shane. Keller, we've got some episodes coming up. 